Hello again and welcome back to Bear Books, the podcast hosted by yours truly, April Berry and Daisy Ray. We've got a guest host with us today, Carolyn Ward-Daniels. We're all about appreciating indie authors. We've got interviews and reviews, writing and reading you flash fiction stories. And best of all, getting authors noticed by their readers. Today, we are reading you three flash fiction stories based on the writing prompt, Why Are You Blushing? So I will read you a story first off, and then April will read you hers. And then we have the fabulous Carolyn Wall Daniels reading hers and rounding it off for us today. So let's crack on and let's have some fantastic stories. Can I just say something? That uh, Why maybe. Are You that why yeah, why are you blushing that could just have been so rude mm-hmm. yeah i do worry about your mentality sometimes why i don't know just because you're a little bit warped and a bit weird and you know not right normal <laughs> i'm not the one that kills everybody off in the stories i don't kill everybody i'm santa thanks carolyn <laughs> <laughs> well um there may be a dead body or two today so sorry <laughs> there it is <laughs> i can't help myself i've just got this inbuilt thing and i don't know where it comes from for dead bodies well yeah kind of when i was pregnant with holly my daughter instead of craving food i started reading stephen king and that's where it all started for me oh yeah oh so, yeah and holly's so normal I know, and it well on the surface. Love you, Holly. <laughs> right, if you two are sitting comfortably. Yep. As Walter pulled away from Millie, she sighed and bit down on her bottom lip. She was overcome with emotion. Maybe the first flush of falling in love. Was that even possible this soon? His lovemaking was so slow and sensual, like he wanted it to last forever, and she was the only woman in the world. Meeting Walter had been the best thing to happen to her, since her husband Norman had taken manipulative control of their marriage on their wedding night ten years ago. He was out of her life now, though, God rest his soul. Walter gazed back at her flushed face and congratulated himself on his latest conquest. Millie was quite the looker, and single mums, desperate for a bit of adult attention, were always his best bet. His sub story had been used so many times now he almost believed it himself. It worked like a charm. He told each one a slightly different version of it. But the essentials were always the same. His wife had died, and sometimes he just couldn't bring himself to stay in the family house surrounded by their life together. So he'd bought himself a Torah with no heartbreaking memories attached. Walter on wheels, he'd joke, while managing to look a little bit heartbroken at the same time. He sure had perfected that vulnerable look. At 45, he was getting more sex than he ever did in his 20s. He didn't even feel a twinge of guilt at how betrayed or hurt Anne would feel if she knew how many times he'd killed her off just to get his end away. He was convinced it wasn't a wife's place to know everything her husband did. Walter gently swept a stray lock of Millie's auburn hair off her face and leaned in to kiss her lips, the tip of her nose and her forehead as he gently put pressure on her shoulders to ease her into position to please him. He buried his face in her hair as she began to lower herself 
so she wouldn't see the smug look on his face. Walter was living his best life right now. Natora shifted slightly as Anne stepped in and coughed to get their attention. Millie giggled in embarrassment at being caught out by a stranger. She was flustered and trying to straighten her clothes. In her distraction, it didn't occur to her to wonder why this woman had let herself into Walter's Torah. She looked at Walter, watching as the colour flooded his face. She was about to tease him for blushing when Anne snapped with disdain. Another one, Walter? Really? And you, whatever your name is? Actually, don't tell me, I really don't need to know. What line did he use this time? He's been widowed for a couple of years, but getting to know you has made him realise life isn't over. Millie stood speechless, blushing to the roots as the penny dropped. Frustration and humiliation taking over from where the possibilities of falling in love had so recently been. She just wanted the floor to open up and swallow her whole, to walk out and never have to see either of their faces again as a reminder of how gullible she'd been. So that's what she did, quietly closing the door on the bodies, one bullet each delivered in quick succession. You just like killing people, don't you? Millie did it. My mouth fell out when you said that. Can't help myself. Well, no. That would have been a great one for comeuppance, wouldn't it? I did like it. I thought it was good. I was expecting something else at the end, I must admit. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. But, well, that's a, that's a good thing, though, isn't it? Like when you get a surprise at the end, there's, there's, there's that like, little twist thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good fun to write this one because it was weird. I started with the ending. Oh, yeah. I could see the ending plain as day in my mind. Yeah, killing people. So then I had to find a beginning and a, and a middle to go with the ending. Yeah, I just had the murder in place, really. Yeah, I was I was kind of like kind of pleased that she got her life back on track. You know, to me, like she's still living because just knowing like the the past bit of Millie, and but yeah. then she, but she meets then another kind of person that's not quite right, not nice. Yeah, she attracts manipulative people, doesn't she? Because really, Walter is just manipulating her like Norman did, but in a different yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, he just wants sex. Well, at least she got something out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it must have been good. She seemed quite happy at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is why is his wife still with him? Well, I, I, was it his wife or was it one of his lovers? Anne was his wife. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, so why is she still with him? Well, she's not now, is she? Because she's a bit dead. Yeah, she is a bit dead. Yeah, but she's still with him, isn't she? Yeah, she was. And clearly, Walter is a serial philanderer and kills her off frequently to get his end away. Yeah, he's good in bed, so that's probably why she was still with him. He must have been exceptional. Yeah. And clearly, Millie is a serial killer. Yeah. Now... Is it really Millie's fault that she's a serial killer? <laughs> really? <laughs> I kind of like her. What can I say? <laughs> she makes me happy. She's fun to write. The licence to kill. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm loving this. So we need to listen to April's now. 
Right, okay. So let's see if everybody else can be as confused as you were earlier when I read it to you. Oh, God. I'll try and keep track of all the names in it. Yeah, you do. Pay attention, my help. Yes, Mom. So here we go. Feet up, coffee in hand. Sarah sat on the settee at another family gathering, another one she would prefer not to be at. She listened to Wendy, her cousin, and Giles, Wendy's husband, discussing the latest gossip amongst their friends. It wasn't really a thing to gossip, but all her family seemed to think it was okay, although Wendy did portray herself to people as very self-righteous. It was always the same at every family gathering. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Sarah wandered off into her own world. They were so different people, she sometimes couldn't really believe that her and Wendy were related. Wendy thought herself so superior to the rest of the family, perhaps because her parents were quite wealthy, and Sarah's family just made ends meet and enjoyed what they could afford. Though Sarah was always dubious about Wendy's family's wealth, not sure it actually came their way, all from honest means. Sarah was brought back to reality by Wendy asking her what she thought about the lodge that her and Giles were booking for their wedding anniversary. Sarah made all the right noises. She didn't really care where they were going, though she had to admit that it did look amazing. Just the sort of place that her and Judith would enjoy, that is, if they could afford it. Wendy went on to explain that they were going with the children and their good friends Lawrence and Natalie. Judith, Sarah's partner, called them the Four Stooges. Sarah hated Natalie, Wendy's friend. They had been in the same year at school and Natalie had made Sarah's life hell. Natalie knew she was Wendy's cousin and rubbed it in her face that Sarah couldn't afford to go on the school skiing trips, the student exchange programmes, as Sarah's parents just couldn't afford it. Natalie hadn't changed, just more subtle with the barbed comments now. The next morning, Sarah woke up full of excitement. Her and Judith were going into town to watch a show, have a meal and then meet up with a few of their friends for a quiet drink. They both thought the show was amazing, fantastic food and the company of their friends was just the tonic Sarah needed after last night. All of a sudden, Sarah looked up. She felt really uneasy and soon knew why. Into the pub walked Wendy alone. Wendy was puzzled. Why was Sarah so far from home and without Giles? Sarah watched Wendy order a drink and find a table. She was certain that Wendy hadn't spotted her, which was just as well, because the person who joined Wendy was Lawrence, Natalie's husband. Sarah was gobsmacked, more so when she saw how they were behaving. It was totally apparent that Wendy was having an affair with her best friend's husband. Sarah didn't say anything to Judith, as Judith knew how, how upset Sarah could get when she was in the company of the Four Stooges, and Sarah was upset enough. A couple of weeks passed and it was Wendy's father's birthday, another one of those family get-togethers. After the night in the pub, Sarah didn't want to go. She knew that she wouldn't be able to look Wendy in the eye and it would be even worse as she knew that Lawrence and Natalie would also be there. Sarah had struggled with the knowledge of her cousin having an affair and would not be able to look them in the eye without turning bright red. On arrival, Sarah and Judith greeted her uncle, giving him his gift and card. They went to grab a drink in the kitchen and as they entered, they heard Wendy and Natalie discussing Sarah and Judith's relationship in front of all the family and it wasn't pleasant. Sarah stopped at the kitchen door. She was mortified. Turning to Judith, she could feel herself getting redder and redder in the face, 
Why did she have to turn this shade of puce when she was angry? Natalie turned, seeing Sarah in the doorway and said, well, it's about time you knew what the family thinks about your relationship. We all think that you don't deserve Judith. Sarah was beside herself. This was the last straw. People in glass houses shouldn't throw bricks. She imparted into the room, which was full of friends and family, including Lawrence and Giles, her knowledge of Wendy and Lawrence and their affair. She turned, walked out of the kitchen and with a parting shot said, Wendy, why are you blushing? Yeah. I've just been outed. <laughs> I love that. Um, people in glass houses should show bricks. I just, I love that. Instead of sound <laughs> bricks, it is, uh, I think that's thundering, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a natural sort of writer, so I kind of struggle a little bit sometimes with things. So I'm, I'm better sticking to reality concepts more than, than things that are not reality or couldn't be reality. Cause you know, Millie shooting somebody is it's not really reality, is it? Mm. Well, it is, but unless you're a serial killer. So I do sometimes struggle with uh, with prose, so let's put it that way. Well, the more you write, the better you'll get at it. Are you it still confused? perfect and all that. It made more sense this time. It's just, you know, because we've only got like 500 to 1,000 words, and yeah, it's not a very it. long time to set your scene and to then get to know your characters and to have the story, the beginning, the middle and the end. And when you've got like six plus characters, it just, it wasn't long enough for me to get used to who they were the first time I heard right. it. So I had to listen to it twice to understand it a bit better. That's yeah. all I think. I, I, got, the, I got the gist of it, and, but, but I, I will want, I, I will, I've only just learned how to download the podcast, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Love it. Honestly, Take no to at me. I, 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 was doing, I was sharing this on Facebook thinking, oh, and then people were saying, what's this you keep putting on my page? Well, this podcast, have you listened to it? Well, what, what, what do I have to do? Listen to it. So then then I thought, why haven't they got it? So I found Podbean, and so I thought, oh, I can download it, and then I could tell them what to do, right? So the beauty is I want to listen to that again, and, and I've done that with some of the other ones as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I want to listen to that because I think there's a, a, another comeuppance, though, isn't it? This is what blushing's all about. It's like that comeuppance. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I would really like to taste what's happening between that that lip, those that, the bitchiness. Do you know what I mean? And, and 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 yeah, I think it's it's full. It's it's so full. I want to listen to it again and get that comeuppance bit out of yeah. it. There are I will lots actually, of characters, isn't there? Yeah. I will actually tell you that that actually is a true story. Yeah? Yeah, it is. Ooh. We shan't ask you. We don't want to embarrass you. It was me. It was me. <laughs> yeah, that Ooh. actually is a true story. Which character are you? Sarah. Oh. There was more to it than oh, no, that. I don't really want to listen to it again now. No, no, I'm going to listen back now. <laughs> so April is Sarah. Let me just make a note of that <laughs> when I listen back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you who my cousin was, but that absolutely is a true story. Well, based on. Yeah, based on a true story. Yeah, <laughs> all names have been changed to protect to protect identities. Of I must, yeah, yeah. I hasten yeah. to add. Yeah. Ooh. However, if the cousin concerned is listening to it, she'll absolutely know who it is about. <laughs> <laughs> Your name will be Mud. Absolutely. Ah, I love it. <laughs> 
Do you like the writing process? I do actually like the writing process. I'm not overly good. I don't think I'm overly good at it, but I do like it. Yeah. And I kind of tend to work better under pressure. I've always been lastminute.com. But time just seems to run away with me. Yeah. I, I really liked your January sales. That because that that really got me, you know, to me, not that like twist at the end. That, yeah, uh, that really, yeah, and and the remote control one. I look, which one was that? <laughs> oh yeah, that uh, where he uh, is. Was that just sick of it? That was it. Yeah. Was it sick of it? Well, do you know what? I've listened to that podcast again because it's the mouse interlude that makes it as well. You know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean? <laughs> it's bloody brilliant. That. I, kept, I said to people, you've got to listen to Sick of It because there's a mouse interlude. It's brilliant. And it is. It is. <laughs> and, 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 and when when the, the remote control thing, that last one, I think I did a fist pump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to get your own back on them, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will remember that image to the to the end of my days my housemate stood at the bottom of the stairs with this mouse head sticking out of the neck of a t-shirt oh i wish i'd have had my camera on me at that point yeah i do yeah i should have posted pictures of that all over instagram i know (laughs) right we're going to listen to a professional now anyway who puts us two amateurs to shame yes i'm ready who's that uh-huh. Very funny. Oh, pick it up. You're the only one left, Carolyn. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right. Right. Are you ready? We're, We're ready. ready. Shed. My neighbour Sylvia has popped round for a cuppa and a chat. Thank heavens because Bill can only talk football and gardening. Where's that husband of yours, Barbara? She says. Is it down the pub? Before I can speak, Bill comes through the door. Thought I heard your voice, Sylv. Thought you were down the pub. Might as well be. Get me away from her nagging. I don't nag. Do you want a cuppa? No, tap. I'm tidy in my shed. I saw him wink at Sylvia and guessed he really was going to the pub. He was either working on nights, in his shed, or in the pub. We chatted about all things soaps. But Sylvia really talked about what the characters were wearing, rather than the storyline. She was obsessed with clothes. At 61, she was very stylish. Kept her hair highlighted blonde, whereas mine was riddled with grey. Makes me feel a bit scruffy sometimes. I went to let her out, and she turned and said, Oh, did you enjoy the banana cake? I didn't say anything, because I couldn't remember any cake. And I must have looked vacant. The cake I made for you. I didn't want to look stupid, so I said, Oh, sorry. Yes, thank you. She looked. She left hooking a bag over her shoulder. I closed the door and I went to the pantry to search for evidence of cake because for the life of me, I could not remember it. I went to the loo and the cold tap was running. It had happened before. That worried me too. I asked Bill about the cake, and he said he enjoyed it. I had to lie down. Am I going insane? Is dementia knocking on my door? There are other things like finding framed photographs turned around and and ornaments changing places. If I don't calm myself, I'll get a bad head. I have to take myself to a happy place. I'll go back to childhood, and I think, how would I crayon Bill? Light blue for his faded jeans, 
a black T-shirt with a scar of red and yellow, like rock band logo. With his shoulder-length grey hair, he looks like an ancient 70s roadie. Sylvia would have yellow hair and black-rimmed eyes and a floral frock. I couldn't draw me. They didn't make beige crayons. Today, I am going shopping and I am making a list and I am going to tick them off when I put them in the trolley because things I am sure I have bought previously have disappeared from the pantry. I put the receipt in my purse instead of throwing it away. I showed the shopping and it felt like I was in a video on repeat. I had done it so many times before. I found Sylvia's shoulder bag in the lounge. I knew this really worried Bill because I could read it in his face. He said as much as well. But, but Barb, can't you remember Sylvia coming round? I don't know. You keep leaving taps running, cursing the ornaments and moving themselves. I'll take a bag over. I really think you ought to see somebody. Bill was shaking his pink face as he picked up the bag, and I could have cried. Oh, for Christ's sake, don't tell I can't remember a visit. I won't. The tears came. I had no recollection of Sylvia's visit. I thought I'd been out shopping. The other day, the next door neighbour mentioned Sylvia calling, and I couldn't remember that visit either. This is really frightening. I cannot recall. I went to the kitchen, and even before I got to the door, I could hear it. The tap. I'd done it again. I would make an appointment to see the doctor. I was sure I'd been shopping. Checking the pantry, there was no rose pudding or baked beans, no tin tomatoes, and I'm sure I bought two. The receipt, I found my purse. There was what I knew I'd bought, and of course the date and the time. Whoa, what is going on? It felt like cutlery screeched across a plate. I shuddered. I looked over at Sylvia's house. Bill should be on his way back, but no sign. I found his beloved shed keys. Inside his large playroom was spotless, and mingled with the wood aroma was a slight perfume. There were a couple of what looked like yoga mats tucked under a bench. Made me smile. He'd never done yoga in his life. An assortment of tired furniture that found its end of life here, still functioning as storage. I opened the pale oak wardrobe. It was like a larder. Shelves of food. Tesco wouldn't have missed it, but I certainly had. Well, well, if mental cruelty were currency, I'd be married to a rich man, but not for much longer. All the angst and worry over the last few months turned to rage. Ran back to the house to have words, but he still wasn't back. I wrote a note. Gone shopping. Then I scooped up the shopping bags and my coat. Quickly, I put the car in the garage, leaving my coat in the car. I went and hid in the downstairs loo off the hall. Just as I stopped panting, I heard him come in. And then the blip blip of him texting. And as he shuffled off his shoes, his phone rang. He's gone shopping again, he laughed. We could have had a bit longer. I'll go and move a few ornaments around. She'll be ready to, ready to commit herself before Christmas. So where do you fancy it? Mine or yourself? 
I chose this moment to come out of hiding. His face is a picture, and rouge. Uh, Sylvia, I have to go. Oh, yes, you do, Bill. And now, why are you blushing? Manipulative men folk, honestly. Theme of the uh, day. Absolutely. <laughs> Bill is a one, isn't he? I'm Sneaky scared. little bugger. It's Sylvia I don't like more than Bill. I mean, I know Bill's the one committing adultery, but Sylvia, how can you sit there and have a conversation with somebody and know that you're bonking their husband behind the back? Yeah. And she's part of it, isn't it? The imaginary yeah. Kate, really. Let yes. you know it was yeah. plotted. It was yeah. plotted. Yeah. But it gets my mind thinking, Caroline, and it kind of get me, gets me thinking that if two people are willing to go to those extremes to get rid of a current wife, what's going to happen to those two people if they get sick of one another? Well, in, in Daisy's world, they'd shoot each other. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Problem yeah. solved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But normal people don't go around shooting each other. No, but you do hear people of doing things like that, or am I thinking of the film world? Do you know that would make quite a good programme, well, that yeah. Caroline's story? Yeah, it would. could just see it, all those little trips backwards and forwards, removing stuff out of the cupboards, hiding it in the shed, running backwards and forwards. Yeah, it's been done over a few, a few kind of months, so it's, you know, it's planned. Yeah. It's planned and it's, you know, it's sorted. To be honest with you, I'd written something else for, for this one and I'd finished it and then I am talking a drug. You know, I said before about little bits of words that you write and don't throw them away. Yes. And I, I'd gone in this drawer looking for something and there was lots of little writing pads with all this, all these words that dribbled out and, and being caught on writing pads. <laughs> and there was about... 150 words, if that, of this, just the beginning of this, just this little idea. So I chucked the other one away and thought, you know what? That's that's the one. And, and that's what I wrote. I liked it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. kind Thank of relatable, you. isn't it? It is very relatable. People do stuff like this to make the partners feel like they're losing the bloody mind and so they can get away with doing whatever they want to do. Yeah, why, why don't they just come out and be honest and say, look, I want a divorce? That'd have to be a short story, though, wouldn't it, April? Well, yeah, that's true, it would. Yeah, there'd be no... Uh... The shed. Yeah. Divorce. Yeah, the, the shed. I want to divorce. The end. Yeah. <laughs> fiction. There you've got it. So have they been using the shed for sex, then? With the two little yoga so. mats stashed under the unit? Yeah, well, neighbours seen them nipping round, but, you know, she can't remember that because she's not there. So neighbours have tried to tell her, I think, and, you know... Yeah, you but don't they... believe it, though, do you, of people? Or you don't want to believe it of people? No. Yeah, I think I would. I think I'm that suspicious, though. I think I would. Carolyn's character, though, her first instinct was to blame herself. Not her yeah, husband, I not know. the next-door neighbour. No. Nobody else, only herself. She instantly doubted oh. herself above everything else. It's questioning something when you think, oh, you know, it's like the taps running. It's obviously you know, it's turning the taps on. And they're just turning her mental. She's not mental. No. Um, they, they're just, you know, they're just making her, she's putting her in that little box, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, and it's just a, a, a cruel, cruel thing. Yeah. It does make you wonder yeah. that man's state of mind if he'd rather commit his wife, because that was the implication, wasn't it? 
that they were going to have her committed, but at this rate she'd commit herself by Christmas. So yeah, why would he yeah. rather commit her than divorce her? Or just flat out leave? Well, it's different, isn't it, Daisy, from shooting somebody to actually <laughs> gently <laughs> getting rid. <laughs> gently. Let's push, let's push them over the edge. Let's push them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a slower yeah. form of shooting them, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, well, mental cruelty is, is is nearly as bad as somebody keep beating somebody in yeah, a way. It is. That, that might yeah. be wrong, but it, you know, it is. It's not. Well, a, it is. Abuse is abuse, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. You don't have to smack somebody to be abusive. No, it, no, it can, it can, like, say, get you down, get you down. Yeah. Um, but, and, and this was kind of, but the the issue really was making her her think that she was it wasn't just a matter of don't do that you bitch you know what I mean and that mental abuse thing oh god I can't do anything right it was that I think I'm going insane yeah yeah dementia or Alzheimer's is kicking in I actually can't remember doing this I can't remember doing that oh my god I can't even remember the banana bread so you know her first instinct to believe it was herself and not her husband would be the thing that most of us would do I think that's what makes it relatable I wanted it to be kind of a bit visual. I like to kind of put clothes on somebody so you can see them, if you know what I mean. And and the only way I could think of doing it was was, was that, that craning thing, you know, to, to actually give people that visual yeah. thing that made her feel dowdy, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, no beige crayons. It was very telling. I like that sentence that if mental cruelty were currency, I'd be married to a rich man. Yeah, which compounded the fact that they'd just done it and done it yeah. and done it, he'd done it and done it and done it. Yeah. Yeah. See, when the penny dropped, it dropped all the way. So she just got it, didn't she, instantly yeah. when she saw Whoa. all that food in the shed. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. It's the detail the- that makes your story. So amazing. It is, yes. Oh, there are lots of little tiny details in there. And it was also ordinary tins of beans and tins of tomatoes and just going shopping and somebody leaving the bag behind. But all together, when you put all those realistic, relatable things together, you just get this story that is mind-blowing. You are really good at this. When you write these flash fiction stories, both of you, do you write them in one draft or do you go back and rewrite and re-look at like you would with a longer story? Do you, do you turn it around really quick or do you work on it and work on it? They come out quite fast. What about you, April? I tend to, to formulate a story in my head and I'll put bullet points on a piece of paper and then I'll write around that, the, the narrative around it, I suppose. And I tend to do yeah. that with everything. I, I tend to go with the uh, that, that kind of old adage of like, um, it's uh, like the beginning of the story. It's like the what, the how... And the why, and it, well, that's with either novels or, or short stories or flash fiction. It's yeah. like you, you've got to kind of give that there's something bloody happening in the first place, and then it's like, what, what, how is it happening? And then it's that bang, that you know, that 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 why. So it's mm-hmm. like the beginning, the middle, and the end. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm writing, I, 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 if I'm writing on a, a shorthand uh, notepad, I know there's about 150 words on a page. So I number them, that, and I know we're kind of, I am in the, the build-up, and then the, and I'm thinking, ooh, right, you've got, you've only got, you know, like 300 words now to get this all finished, you know. Yeah. 
Um, and, and then when I type it out, I've got my word count, so I know where I'm going. That, so if I've got to change a few things, lose a few words, that, that I do it then. Yeah, that's very structured. It is very structured. So what about you, Daisy, then? Because, I mean, you just said then do you go back and revisit. So, so what do you do? On today's, and just before I tell you what I did with today's, I think it's uncanny that we never talk about what each of us is writing beforehand and we all wrote about adultery today. Oh, what? Yeah, we did. Really weird. All of us. Anyway. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah, uncanny. I thought that was, oh, what spooky. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I didn't kill anybody. Well, Neither did yeah. I. That's all right. I killed enough for all of us. <laughs> but with this one today, um, I had the end firmly in my head. I saw Millie just leaving the two bodies and quietly shutting the door behind her as she left. And that's that's what I had. That's what I started with was Millie murdering yeah. two people. And I knew that one of them she'd slept with. And then I had nothing. And I'm like sitting there thinking, well, I need a beginning and a middle. I can't just have shooting people out of nowhere. There's an idea. <laughs> and then we'd, um, a couple of days mind. ago, I know, we'd been for a walk through the graveyard. So I had a look at the pictures and I came up with Walter. So and he started forming in my mind. So then it was Walter that she'd slept with. So then I started getting a beginning because she was like falling in love with him and he was being all gentle and kind with her, but it was all rubbish because he spun the same story several times till he was just so glib at it, everyone believed him. I think he might have believed it himself, really. But then I had to fit a middle in, so I had to find a way for Walter and Millie to be all lovey-dovey Everybody being dead at the end and Millie leaving, and then and I had and I'm like, well, how do I get Anne in the mix? Where's she going to come in? <laughs> yeah, the little Torah, wasn't it? So yeah. there was the recognisable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I had to do to get him out of the house so that he could still be having these affairs. Uh, but, yeah, because uh, he wasn't going to take them home. And I thought, well, if I if I put it in, if I put them in a hotel, it won't work because why would Anne turn up at a hotel? The stories yeah. are too short for me to go into that much detail as to why Anne might be there. So then we, I was talking to Carol about it. And we were talking about it could have a boat. It could be a beach hut. They could live by the seaside. And and that's and then I just ended up with Tora. So, and that's how it went. So it, t- it took some doing, this one. I had to think about it quite a bit. But then you got the, that, that uh, you know, show not tell. So it, it is that, that Tora thing. So we, we can make it up our... Sh- our sh- his wife knew, if you know yeah. what I mean, because yeah. it's that is relatable, isn't it? Yeah, because it's his Torah and they're married, so she's yeah. going to know about the Torah. Yeah, of course she yeah. is. Yeah, and she knows yeah. he's been doing this so many times. I mean, he's got to be doing it somewhere. It's the obvious choice, really. You're talking like Walter's a real person. You mean he's not? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of Walters in the world, I believe. Yes, that there are. Yeah, I was going to say there possibly are. So what have we got to look forward to then next week? Next week, we are reviewing a book called The Weight of Rain. It's short stories. Some of them are like really, really short, like flash fiction length, and some of them are a bit longer. Um, There's a couple in there that are my favourites because I have read it already. It's really, really good. I've had a look at her online because I do have to have a nosy. (laughs) (laughs) of course we do yeah so i'm really really looking forward to it and i think because a couple of the stories are really quite short 
we might get the opportunity to read everybody one or two of them so that they can get a feel for the book as well while we're discussing it and reviewing it. I haven't yet read it. Uh, So you both of you reading the same one? Yeah. Yeah, oh, we right, both. Good. Yeah, uh, both. Well, I, I love that. You know, I love it when because you're both different opinions and what you both like. I love it when you do that. We are very different. We've got such different taste in everything, really. Yeah. No, nothing alike. No, nothing at all. So it would be interesting to mm. see what you make of it. See if your favourite stories are the same as my favourite stories in there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Brilliant. have a Kindle, Carolyn? Yes, I do. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And every time I pick it up, it's out of charge. <laughs> yeah, it's about like mine, really. <laughs> yeah. 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 I must admit, I, I do have a Kindle, but there is nothing takes away from paper, a proper Correct. book. A book Correct. in your hand. Absolute April with you all the way. Yeah. And I think, that, I think Dave, you're on that ilk as well, aren't you? 100%. It's the smell of them, the feel yeah. of them. Yeah. It's how they get all worn and wrinkled and loved and you can yeah. pass them on and you've got your little personal messages in there if you want. There's just so much about actual yeah, there real is. books. And um, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, love them. Absolutely love them. Kindles have their place. I mean, you know, and I'll play devil's advocate there. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that I might not necessarily get to read if I didn't have a Kindle. And we certainly wouldn't have the quick turnaround, especially now we can't go physically shopping all the time. Yeah. So it's nice to have that instant download for stuff that you want to read straight away. Yeah, But, it is. you know, if I had a straight-up choice and I could only have one, I would have real books. Yeah, yeah I would. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. We're all old school, really, aren't we? We are a bit. So <laughs> we are reading the, the Weight of Rain. I need to crack on and get on with it because if I don't, I'll be talking about something I know nothing about, which is not really good. <laughs> No, it's not really I need, good. And I need the loo. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's staying in, don't you? Yeah, I love that absolutely. So, right, and it's about time you. to it's about time to say good goodbye. Then I think really on yeah. that note. Well, you two, yeah, you two take care. And uh, oh god, I just hope we can meet up this year. Be lovely. Be lovely. I know. Yes, thank you so crossed. much for joining us. Yes, oh, thank bless you. you. Thank Caroline. you for having me. You, no. uh, you two take care. Thank you very much. Take care. You Go too. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, darling. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 If you've read a book by an indie author that you've really enjoyed, email the title across to us at contactus at barebooks.co.uk. And if we read it, we will discuss it on the podcast. Excellent. If you happen to be an indie author and would like us to add your book to our reading list, maybe even come and talk about it on the podcast, send your suggestions to submissions at barebooks.co.uk. And if you fancy a go at writing flash fiction and want the chance to be published in our flash fiction anthology for 2021, pop onto our social media for the full list of writing prompts for this season and also the word count at Bear Books Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or at Bear Books Pod 1 on Twitter. Thanks to Simon Strong for the musical interludes. You can Instagram him at dadnap.mp3. Stay safe until next time.